Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Diary. I am your host, Carlos. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know I had a lot of fun researching this episode. This is an episode that I really got into. So I hope you guys have a good time listening. Grab a snack, get comfortable because this is one is going to be good. Now before we start, I do want to say thank you guys for all the support on my last episode, which was about Britney Spears and her life and the conservatorship and all of that. We are team free Britney over here at Pop Culture Diary, and you should be too. But like I said, thank you for the support in that episode because that episode really did get some good traction. Um, I didn't think it was going to get that much traction, but it did, and I hope you guys just learned a lot about what the conservatorship with Britney Spears and, you know, everything that's going on. So like I said, we are Team Free Britney over here. Free Britney, tell us backwards. So yeah, but anyways, I'm going to stop running my mouth and we're going to get on with today's episode. So today's episode is going to be about, in my opinion, the two most iconic female rappers in all of all time, Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim. And their rivalry, which has been going on for a decade now, over a decade now, if you think about it, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about them and their rivalry. And to get some background information, we are going to go back to the year 2000. So you're probably wondering, why are we going back to 2000? We have to go back to 2000 because we have to get some vital information that's kind of going to set the stage for everything that takes place after that. So like I said, we're in the year 2000. Prior to Nicki Minaj and Lil' Kim's rivalry, Kim was already in the midst of an ongoing feud with fellow female rapper Foxy Brown, who Kim had actually been friends with at the time. So the two had been exchanging subliminal disses to one each other, you know, dissing each other in rap songs, dissing each other in verses, you know, things of that sort for years. Like, they had been going on for years at this point. But 2000 would reach an explosive point for their um beef when Foxy Brown disses Kim on Bang Bang, a song Foxy was featured on for rappers Capone and Noriega's album. So Foxy disses Kim on Bang Bang, and... Wow, I see why little Kim was mad because this wasn't even directed at me and I felt hit. So Foxy disses Kim and <laughs> it's crazy. That part, that verse is probably one of the best, not just female rap disses, but this is period. Like that verse is absolutely crazy. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. It's crazy. I don't think I can really get away with playing it because the copyright. Um, But yeah, it, it's insane. So anyways... She disses Kim on that record, and Kim was pissed. I would be pissed, too, because, like I said, that record was lethal. And so then, in 2001, Foxy's verse led to a shootout between both her entourage and Little Kim's entourage on February 25th, 2001, outside of Hot 97 Radio, where Little Kim was being interviewed. The shootout then led to Little Kim being indicted and sentenced to a year and a day in prison, after she lied to a federal grand jury to protect the people involved in the shooting, Kim was later released in July of 2006 after serving a 10-month prison sentence. However, 
while Kim was locked up, there was a up-and-coming female rapper who was just kind of, you know, making her name a little known. She was, she, she was up-and-coming. So we get to around 2006, years 2007. When so while Kim was in prison, there's a new female rapper from Jamaica, Queens, who is making a name for herself in the hip hop world. And this female rapper, who we all know today, her name is Nicki Minaj, who is the most iconic female rapper in history. Um, you can say what you want about her, you may not like her music, you may not like her, but to deny her impact on not just female rap but music period and her impact all across the board is just my it's just you can't do it like you you can't do it she's that girl she's talented amazing but let me stop rambling and get back to this so like i said Nicki minaj is making her way into the game she was up and coming and so the way that people really got famous back then the myspace People used MySpace back then to get famous. A lot of celebrities used it because MySpace was one of the first, like, you know, really popping social medias. Um, Kim Kardashian used MySpace. Jeffree Star. Tila Tequila. Taylor Swift. She was up. That's how she really got, you know, made it up in Nashville. She uploaded her songs and covers to um, MySpace, and Nicki did the same thing. So the feud between. I say feud in quotation marks because it's not really a feud at this point, but it's feud, I guess. But so their feud can be traced back to while Nikki was still up and coming. Nikki was in this in a group called the Hood Stars, where she quote unquote dissed. Eh, you can I guess you can say she dissed Kim in like some songs and stuff. I don't think they were disses. I think it was just more so like cockiness and arrogance, but. Whatever, you can be the judge of it yourself. So yeah, you know, in that song she said, I'm coming for the crown, Kim, that's the word. And then there's um, another song or a freestyle that she did around that time where she said, tell that with the crown, running like Chris Brown. So yeah, I don't think they were like, Ooh, I got an issue with you, like jabs. I think it was just like cockiness and arrogance, you know, kind of jab. I just think, because you know, arrogance and cockiness is a part of rap, especially female rap. So that's just what I think it was. I don't think it, it was like malicious intent behind it, but that's just my opinion. Also, it's important to note that Nikki was adamant that Little Kim was one of her icons in female rap when she was growing up and listening to music. She's like in in in. And any interview she did, she always listed Kim and Foxy and Lauren and Missy Elliott and Queen Latifah as some of her idols and inspirations when it came to rapping. So she definitely did pay her dues to the female rappers that came before her. And I hate when people like spin that narrative like, oh, Nicki didn't pay her dues to Kim or whoever. When it's like, she did, but y'all just want her to, you know, y'all just want her to kiss I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I don't want my podcast to get, you know, like, whatever. But you can get what I'm saying. Y'all wanted Nikki to suck up to them. And no, nobody's about to do that. But she definitely did pay her dues to people that came up before her. crazy that, you know, Kim and Foxy are from, you know, they're both from New York. And I happen to be from New York. It's insane. 
you know, Little Kim, and I was paying homage to, to her, saying, I love Little Kim, you know what I'm saying? But I think that I have what it takes to fill her shoes. I think that if anyone has the power to do it, it's Nicki Minaj. Who are some of the females that you look up to coming up in your career? I look up to the main girl that, you know, are just a few of the many clips there are of Nikki giving not only Kim her flowers but Foxy and Lauren and Queen Latifah and Salt and Peppa. She gave all these ladies their rightfully owed flowers and I just hate when people spin that narrative of well Nikki she didn't she didn't say this person. She didn't do this and that and it's like shut up. Just research. With a quick Google search I found all of that. I'm sure you could too. But anyways Back to the story. So like I said, you know, Nikki's up and coming in the game. And then later in 2007, she received backlash for promo pictures from her 2007 debut mixtape, Playtime Is Over, which resembled promo pictures for Little Kim's 1996 debut album, Hardcore. Deborah Atney, who worked with Nikki during her early years, later confirmed that Nikki's at-the-time management was trying to mold her into a quote-unquote little kim clone that's what the whole thing was with me and fendi was he wanted to use nikki as a sex object and technically he needs to tell kim how he was so obsessed with he's trying to turn nikki into a little kim that was all his doing it was his doing so that's the thing that's so crazy this thing never ceased to amaze me and now he's running around with kim like I'm not saying he should be against Kim. I love Kim. So incidentally, and I don't... So with Little Kim and Nicki working so cl closely in the same industry, in the same field of rap, they were going to be bound to meet one day. And that day would come in 2009 at a Little Wayne concert where Little Kim performed alongside Keisha Cole. By this point, Nicki was working closely with Little Wayne and would later sign to him under Cash Money Records. So the two of them meet at the concert backstage. However, they have slightly differing statements on what happened. I'm going to play Kim's version of what happened and I'm going to play Nikki's. So, yeah. It hurt, it hurt my feelings because I remember I saw her on the tour with, with Wayne and I had been hearing, you know, back, you know, in the business, people talk behind the scenes mm -hmm. and I remember I ran into Foxy and Foxy said why you keep on giving props to Kim she don't like you <laughs> she was like the girl be dissing you like when you know in conversation and I said I'm so much of a like oh die hard I was like until I hear her say something about me I'm gonna continue paying my respect to her in my interviews and that's what I did I kept on doing it that's why everybody came out and said Nikki always shows you love like what are you talking about um, so when I saw her at Wayne's concert, she performed with Keisha, um, she came into our dressing room, I, like she went and used the bathroom and stuff, and I stopped her. I was like, you know, I want to make sure everything is cool with us because I'm a fan first, you know? Is everything good? Yeah, everything good. We good. <laughs> Hugs and kisses. 
can I take a picture with you? I love you, you know? I, this is somebody, this is somebody that I looked at highly. We took a picture, everything was good. They did it separately. I saw her, I met her one time at Little Wayne's concert and I heard her tell the story on Hot 97 and I was laughing. Well, it was lies, what you told Andy, the... Kidding me? It didn't go down like that. Come on, so picture somebody saying to me, we good? What? I had to win her throat, snatched her larynx out. Are you kidding me? I mean, so how did it go? How did it actually play out? Well, what happened was I had to go to the bathroom because I went there to perform for Keisha Cole. Like, I was with her. I go in the bathroom and she's in there. She's like, oh, my goodness, we finally get to me. Oh, she's like, oh, my goodness, we finally. And I'm like, hi. And so she says to me. <laughs> the Fran Drescher voice is too good. She asks me to take a picture with me. And I'm like, of course, of course. But, you know, I think I used the bathroom first or whatever. And I came out and I took the picture with her. And then um, she was like, yeah, oh, my, you are so small. You are so tiny. That's what she says, something like that. And I was like, glad I was smelling at her. And so um, I said, you know, I tapped her and I said, we need to talk because I like you. I said it like that. You know, I like you. She felt, exactly. She failed to mention that, but it's cool. So I said, I, I said, we need to talk because I like you. And she looked at me, she was like, is everything okay? Is everything good? Like she was nervous. It didn't come out like everything good. You'll yeah. be good. Oh. <laughs> if, if you so like I said, there was like a few differences in their stories. So, like I said, the story goes that Kim saw Nikki while she was going to the bathroom. Nikki reportedly said, we good. The two chatted, took a picture. However, the way Kim describes it, Kim describes it like, like Nikki was being condescending or was being rude or, you know. But Nikki says it like she was being, you know, nothing but had the utmost respect for Kim. So when someone Nikki said we good or we're not that she said we good you know like hey there's nothing going on you know we're we're cool right but Kim kind of puts it out like are we good like like nobody said that Kim you said that no nobody else said that but hey whatever I'm gonna have to dig into Kim later because okay back to the story so after this introduction Birdman sends Kim a record that he had already had a beat for and a hook for, and he wanted Kim to do a verse on the track. The song was titled Grindin' Making Money, and Kim sends her verse to Birdman, and Birdman starts telling her about, oh, the song's gonna have a huge budget with a big music video and blah, 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 whatever, right? And so Kim says that she knew Nikki was gonna be on the track alongside her and decided that it was going to be good for female rap and it was gonna be good for hip hop, so she hopped on the track with Nikki. But then later in interviews, she contradicts herself, saying that she didn't know Nikki was going to be on the track. So, what's the real story? But, anyways. So, the song was put onto iTunes, but was later taken down due to bad press and lack of sales. The song didn't make the first copy of Birdman's album. However, it was added to the deluxe version of his album. Oh, the song is called Grind It Making Money. I don't know if I emphasized that or if I said it. I could have said it, but yeah, that's what it's called. It's called Grinding Making Money. But yeah, it's on the deluxe version of his album. It wasn't on the original album. And then Kim later says that she felt used and assumed that Nikki had something to do with the song being taken down or something. She felt like they used Kim's name, I guess, or something. I don't know. But Talking. 
Baby said to me, hey, you know, I want you to be on my album, well, whatever. And, you know, he sent the song over. It was empty. Mm-hmm. And it just had a hook on it. And so I, I sent it back to him quick. They had the record for a while. And, I, you know, me and Slim were talking. We were talking, constantly talking. And so I said, I said to Slim, when I went back to Miami, I said, because I'm not stupid. I said, listen, we're about to be like, the mafia family is like, I'm the Gambinos. You know, you have like the family inside mm-hmm. of the family. I would be the Gambinos. They would be whatever, whatever. But we're all gonna be family. So, go ahead, put whoever you want on the record. Cause I already knew. Right. I already knew. But I said, this record got to be big because it would be good for music right now. Good for females. Good for hip hop. When I saw Baby, he's like, oh, baby girl, we're going to make it big. We're going to do a video. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to make it big. Everybody's going to know they put the record out. I guess they didn't like the response. And when they saw the response, they pulled it. They just pulled the record off, pulled mm-hmm. it back, never put it on his album, nothing. Then I'm, it's like I'm not even hearing from them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, wow. You know what I mean? And if you listen to that song, the way I did my vocals, hers were different from how I did my vocals at that time. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, she started releasing all these records, doing her vocals the way I did my vocals. Now, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? So January of 2010 is really where things kick off. So in January of that year, Ray J was performing alongside Lil' Kim on stage where he had this to say, I'm seeing a lot of Little Kim impersonators. I'm not saying no names, but you know who. Kim then replies with, We love her. We just want her to pay homage. If you don't pay a lot if you don't pay homage, then F you. So after this stunt from Ray J and Lil Kim, Drake then inserted himself into the mix by saying this. You know, I know you be calling women bitches and shit, but I can't say you the baddest bitch. I can't do that because I respect you and I love you too much and you look too beautiful. So I just want to say that you the baddest woman to ever do this rap shit. I don't give a fuck. Hold on. I just want to say I don't give a fuck what Lil' Kim or nobody else talk about. You the baddest chick to ever do this shit. Remember I said that. Oh, I'm out this bitch. So once again, we have a case of men sticking their noses where it didn't belong because these two events were really the catalyst that really, really set off what was going to come in the future. So on June 10th of 2010, Little Kim did an interview and opened up for the first time about her quote, feud with Nicki Minaj. In the interview, Nicki, I mean, excuse me, in the, in the interview, Little Kim th- talks about the grinding, making money fiasco and accuses Nicki of copying her and biting her style. I don't know what the fuck that punk pussy 
Drake talking about. Because at the end of the day, this nigga showed his, he bore his heart on his lead. He showed his fucking true colors by coming at me and I'm a fucking girl. You know what I mean? Ray J's the one who said everything. You ain't mentioned this nigga, nigga name not one time. But it's okay because I'm a ride with my people. Ray J said the shit out of love for me. And that's right. I'm not, I'm a ride with it. But at the end of the day, Nigga, you coming at me, and I'm a female. You let me know that, damn, you fear me like you fear 50 J or one of them. You right, put right. me in that category. Thank you. Thank you. So then, after this, Nikki does a feature with Diddy called Hello, Good Morning. I'm sorry. She remixes Diddy's song, Hello, Good Morning. So she does the Hello, Good Morning remix, where speculation came that Nikki dissed Kim on the lyrics. So in Nikki's verse, she says, I just came up in it a little bit self-centered, but I kill the queen. Now, Alexander McQueen's got the wrist on glow. The bottles is on pole. Yada, yada, yada. So, a lot of people thought the line about but did I kill the queen was about Little Kim. And then the, now, Alexander McQueen's line also raised speculation and drew more attention that it was about Kim. Because, if you did not know, Little Kim was great friends with Alexander McQueen. She, exactly presented him a fashion award that he won so those just kind of rose speculation that it was about kim and kim felt disrespected I, I saw an interview where she talked about how it was disrespectful of her to bring up alexander mcqueen's name because he had killed himself like a little while prior to this but whatever child so then in october of that year nikki releases roman's revenge to anticipate her upcoming album which we can and Roman's Revenge, I think we all can agree, is a diss towards Kim and rapper Keeves, who Nicki was also beefing with at this time. Um, in the first verse, Nicki says, Look at my show footage, how these girls be spazzing, so F I look like giving back to a has-been. So then in her second verse, Nicki takes jabs at both Kim and Keeves by saying, quote, Is this the thanks that I get for putting you on? Is it my fault that all you is gone? Citizen and thank you note, you little hoe. Now I'm gonna wrap your coffin with a bow. Nikki, she's just mad cause you took the spot. Word that you're mad cause I took the spot. Which if you ain't shitting, then get off the pot. Got some niggas out in Brooklyn that are off your top. Ooh, yeah, Roman's Revenge. That is a, that's a song right there. That's a song right there. I don't care what anybody says. If I was Kim, I would've been pissed too. I would've been pissed too. Uh, you out of work, I know it's tough, but enough is enough. That is a song right there. I would have been pissed too. I would have been pissed too if I got dissed like that because Nikki did not hold back a Roman's Revenge. Nikki did not hold back a Roman's Revenge. So then in an interview with Hot 99 Jams, Nikki was asked if Roman's Revenge was about Little Kim and she replied with, No, I'm talking about everyone who has been in interviews talking and I think it's good for people to hear me for good for people to hear me respond to them. People have said so much about me, so I don't ever single anyone out because no one is worth being singled out. No one is worth having their name mentioned out of my mouth and they will never get that. I've been quiet for such a long time and I've been the nice guy. I've been the person that gave everyone their props. I've complimented everybody from day one. I think that as a rapper, you can't be a rapper and not speak on things being said about you. So I use my music to say what I have to say. On November 18, 2010, Nicki Minaj does an interview with Angie Martinez where she, for the first time, speak, speaks openly about Little Kim and their feud that's been happening at this point. People, what they wanted to know. I mean, clearly, you've been having this thing with, with Kim 
and I don't know, I'm just thinking about you and where you were from and that you're a rapper. And I'm thinking, sure, I know things have gotten crazy. People are assuming, even though you say it's not specifically about her, that Roman revenge is Roman's revenge. Roman's revenge is for um, you. You know, she just really jumped out the window. And you gotta be careful when you pick fights. And that's what I've learned in this business. You just never know. Um, I think people get me mistaken with like a real Barbie. They forget where I'm from. And if I have to revert back, I can and I will. <laughs> so don't get, don't, don't, don't play with me. You know, it's one of those moments when you say, don't play with me. You know, because I respect you, I love you, I've said it in every interview, time and time again. And if that's not good enough with you, mama, then it's something deep-rooted in you. You need to get your, something is bothering you inside. That's your insecurity bothering you. It's not Nicki Minaj. It would have been any girl that started popping. You know, she, she picked a fight with Foxy, then she picked a fight with Eve, then she picked a fight with Remy. Now it's, you know, then it was Miss Wallace, then it was Nicki Minaj. Every time you in the news, it's because you're getting at somebody. Where's your music? You know, put your music out, and when I see your name on Billboard, that's when I'll respond to you. Other than that, goodbye. Barbie <laughs> bitch. So by this point, Little Kim had really already reached her boiling point. I mean, sister was mad. And in February of 2011, she released her second mixtape, Black Friday, through PayPal. And the title Black Friday is supposed to be a play on of Nikki's debut album Pink Friday. So Black Friday, Pink Friday. So throughout the mixtape, Kim disses Nikki on various records, including the title track Black Friday, where she calls Minaj a quote, Little Kim clone. So by the time Black Friday comes out, I really hate to say it, but this is kind of gearing up to be really the end of Little Kim. I mean, it's like by this point, she can't do an interview without Nikki's name being mentioned. Okay, here's why I think Kim messed up. Nikki was dissing Kim, yes, but she wasn't making Kim her top priority. Like, I'm going to diss you in commercial songs and get a top 10. I'm going to diss you in commercial records and then do a sold out tour. That's where Nikki was coming from. Kim was just making it all about Nikki. Nikki's this, Nikki's that. Nikki, 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 Nikki. And then, to make matters even worse, Black Friday, the entire mixtape isn't even about Nikki. But it's like when you market your mixtape, Black Friday, around Nicki Minaj, people are going to think that it's about Nicki Minaj, even though there's really only a few tracks that are directly about Nicki. The rest, there's some subliminals towards Nicki, but like, I don't know, Little Kim, you really just jumped out the window and messed things up for yourselves. I hate to say it, but I digress. Anyways, to celebrate the release of her mixtape, Lil' Kim tweets this. Thank you guys. Hashtag Lil' Kim Black Friday mixtape sold 113,000 copies in 28 hours, which made me the number one seller on PayPal ever. Thank you. Retweet. So then Nikki responds with this that same day. Wah-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Lifeless. Leaves on stretcher. Can't go on. So then in April of 2011, Nicki releases Tragedy to promote her upcoming second studio album. The cover art shows Nicki holding a sword standing above a woman who we can assume to be Little Kim. The woman is tied up and blindfolded. 
And in the song, Nicki takes jabs at Little Kim saying, quote, Pink Friday, Eminem, 8 Mile. It must hurt to sell your album off PayPal, especially when you win the game 15-20. You was hot when Shaq teamed up with Penny. So after this incident, Little Kim went on multiple interviews, really from 2010 to 2013, pretty much ragging on Nicki. So Kim's career really starts to just decline even more because every interview she does, she talks about Nicki, rags on Nicki, you know. She might even have nightmares to this day about Nikki crawling from under her bed and beating her a crowbar. Who knows? But, hey. I brought that to the table. She, the problem with her is she was very catty with it. I never had a problem with her. I was always nice with her. Always. She was a very obnoxious person. But I was always nice with her. From the time I saw her in that dressing room, the story she told, I don't even know what the heck she was talking about. Like, that doesn't even, that's not even how it happened. But from the moment that I met her, I was always cool with her. But after that, it almost seems like when they realize, okay, we need Kim. We want, we want to study her swag. That's what it kind of felt like because I was around for a long time. And they're like, okay, let's study her swag. And, you know, we'll, we'll. And I think they wanted to get that record just to stamp that I was okay with what was going on. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? For me, it was a break back into rotation. Mm -hmm. Into You know, if that would have been a big video and a big event record, it would have been good for both of us. But I personally think they didn't want me to stand beside her, which is stupid. But it's not like, so it's not like a Young Money Cash Money thing. Like, they did that. Not necessarily No, but Nikki. you got to understand something. She was always throwing shots. I don't know what you're talking about. I you never need heard to it. go. You need because you're not I, trying to. I used to, to hear her pay homage, like she said. Sweetie, she said, "I love Kim. I love Foxy." You're not Foxy. trying to do your homework. That's why, boo boo. You got to do your homework. If you go on all of those, those little the come up DVD, even with Fendi. Fendi would even say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because you know she was just a real cocky type of girl, or whatever. She just she always wanted to be like you. She always wanted to be, and she would say, "I'm gonna take her spot." I, let me tell you something, how I know. Full Force had her, Full Force's son had her first. Mm -hmm. Do you know that? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. They had her first. When I did the song on my album, You Can't F With Queen Bee, you know that song? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but anyway, when I did that song on my album, that's Full Force singing that song. Mm -hmm. That They did that song. She was in the studio then, and they said she was basically hating on me then, but loving me at the same time. Okay, fine. Now, after that whole cash money situation with the song, we're at Justin's birthday party. Perfect timing to come up and say, hey, you know, we did the song together. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing. And she looked at me and rolled her eyes, and I was like, really? Every single record she's made was coming at me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I don't care what nobody say. Everybody who's smart with a brain everybody who knows music knows damn well in that puffy record she was coming at me i'd say nothing about this chick and say nothing about this chick at this time you know she was coming at me in that puffy in the puffy record she was coming at me and all and all these records that she was doing the, the jay and kanye rest i didn't say nothing so what is all i don't understand where all this is how, coming how come when male rappers like get on record so then in November of 2011, Nicki releases Stupid Ho, which is said to be a response to her haters. 
Throughout the song, Minaj takes jabs at Kim on various, not not just Kim, she takes jabs at various people, including Kim. And then on April two, on April second, two thousand twelve, Nicki releases her second studio album titled Pink Friday Roman Reloaded, where she takes where she takes shots at Kim on the title track Roman Reloaded. Um, yeah, she takes job, jabs at Kim and. Various other people on the record, you know, Raggedy Ann could never be a Barbie, one of the lines that just popped in my head. So then Kim would later respond to Nikki on the Andy Cohen show where she had this to say about Stupid Ho. Questions for you. What did you think of the Grammy performance? All this stuff. How do you feel about her song, Stupid Ho? I'm pretty sure I feel the same way everybody else feels right about now. All right. You know, All right. if you have to make a song called Stupid Ho, you must being a stupid hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. So then in May 2013, Nikki did a Hot 97 interview where she listed Foxy Brown, Remy Ma, and Little Kim as some of her major influences when it comes to rapping. And then in August of 2014, Nikki collaborated with Beyonce on the Flawless remix where she calls, where she says the line, Queen of Rap slaying Queen B. Um, Kim, however, was not fond of herself calling was not fond of Nicki calling herself the queen of rap. So she then remixed the flawless remix where she dissed Kim. She removed Nicki's face from the cover art and put her own face alongside Beyonce. Yeah, it was up there. And then Beyonce, of course, had it removed. (laughs) And then Kim also released another Nicki Minaj diss track called Identity Theft. So, I mean, that's pretty much where it kind of like ends per se-ish, like, I don't know if they're, like, I don't think they're, like, cool now, but, I mean, Little Kim is still asked questions about Nicki Minaj, and she pretends, like, she doesn't know who that is, I remember there was one interview where she was asked about Nicki Minaj and Cardi, and Kim was like, I love Cardi, she's my girl, I don't know the other one, you know the other one, Kim, you made multiple diss tracks about her, you know her, you took pictures together, you know her, don't play crazy, but anyways, whatever. So yeah, my opinions on the beef, I mean, it's been how long, like 10 years? I mean, I'm sure Nikki is over it. I'm sure Kim is trying to get over it. Kudos to her. Um, I think what Kim messed, what messed Kim up was, I think she didn't expect Nikki to come for her as hard as she did. And I think that Kim thought she was going to win in the end. She didn't hate to say it like that but she didn't win in the end um yeah i think kim she made the beef all about nikki like why did you even do identity theft in 2014 like nikki wasn't even thinking about you nobody was really thinking about you so why did you do that like why what is the reason what is your answer i don't know i like little kim's music though i like her old music i don't know why i don't like her new music i like her first couple albums I don't like her new stuff, but I love Nikki's too. I like all of Nikki's stuff. So it's like, hey, whatever. But yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, So yeah, I'll see you guys next week with another episode. I'm going to edit this and then put it out tomorrow at 12 p.m.-ish. So yeah. So like I said, see you all next week with a brand new episode. And thank you for listening. Bye.